Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we're covering Season 5, Episode 1, Mort Dinner Rick Andre. Here's Aaron with the recap. Morty manages to save a dying Rick on a near-fatal campaign by crash-landing his saucer into the ocean. This turns out to be a huge mistake, as this violates the sacred treaty forged in the past between the King of the Ocean, Mr. Nimbus, and, I guess, the King of Earth, Rick Sanchez? Meanwhile, Morty's brush with death gives him the confidence to finally ask Jessica over for a Netflix and chill session. Unfortunately, his attempts to get to first base are derailed by the peace talks Rick has scheduled to take place between him and Nimbus at the Smith household. Jim, what did you think of Morty Dinner Rick Andre? You mean aside from the increasingly tortured titles that they're doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think yeah, the yeah. next one's going to get back to something a little simpler. Uh, I think it's more Mortyplicity or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this one. Ooh, that's a stretch. Um, I like this episode. There's, there's a dinner. There's a dinner involved. There's a dinner for sure. Uh, and I haven't seen, you know, the namesake of this episode either. Uh, right. My dinner with Andre. Right. So. Who knows? This could be a one for one ripoff. Maybe that maybe there's some alternate dimension in that movie where they go and create an entire civilization and then follow its downfall. Or maybe that's Narnia. I, I mean, those were like clearly my favorite parts of the episode. Uh, the stuff where they're I guess that's Narnia. I haven't seen Narnia either. And I you couldn't pay me to watch Narnia at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just not interested in the Christian allegory stuff. Uh, but you don't I don't say. know. It, it makes for a good backdrop for uh, Rick and Morty's exploits and the, the way it comes about, you know, with this sort of like, it, it, I definitely saw it coming. I was like, oh, when this dog, dog man, goat man, whatever, uh, steps through the portal, I'm like, well, he's going to go back and his family is going to be very old, if not dead. I don't know how fast the yeah. time travel goes, but, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, the time dilation. Uh, but I did not see this like spinning out into a gigantic uh, intergenerational enemy that Morty's created here. Uh, and that was really cool. Yeah, I think that's a really cool. Uh, that's one of the sneaky things I think Rick and Morty is doing is that uh, as Morty gets increasingly fed up with his grandpa's bullshit, it seems like there are elements where like he freely admits that like he learned a lesson. That sometimes you got to be an asshole. Sometimes you got to be assertive to get somewhere. You can't just, you know, jerry your way through life or Mm-hmm. not not if you want to star in your own story anyway um but this point about like morty brings up god damn it why does it always have to be a fight why does it have to be a nemesis with you and then morty accidentally creates a society that's hell bent on his destruction yeah with with a pleasant exchange of like life advice that's all it took mm-hmm. so that's, i think you're supposed to understand that like Maybe Rick is, is, you know, because like up to this point, I think there's been the tide of like Rick is amazing. Let's tear down that mythos. And maybe in season five, they're getting around to like not building Rick up in the audience, but like, you know, maybe Rick isn't unrepentantly evil or maybe he's unrepentantly evil because the universe is unthinking and uncaring. And that's a rational choice to make. Um, I do hope they have a way to push back against that nihilism because I don't want to live my life by that by that creed, but I, I think it's cool. Yeah. And it shows that there is a lot more, um, there's a lot more interesting and, and multi-layered storytelling going on behind this 23 minute cartoon than, than you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's important to note that if you haven't seen this yet and you're kind of on the fence about it, it is free, completely free to watch on adultswim.com. I think that will end after this week, but I don't know. Adult Swim does crazy shit. Uh, I think it's on their YouTube uh, channel too, right? It's on their YouTube channel. It's widely available, uh, this this first episode. So so go nuts with it. I was disappointed um, to I find s- out that it's censored on uh, adultswim.com. I don't think that's it the case is. on the YouTube channel. It's not. And I... Uh, I, it was jarring to me because it's been a long time since I've watched it like on on air live where it's typically censored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually have watched the, you know, the the Amazon pay copy the next day or whatever. And, and they've never been censored. So, like, I'm I had to guess at some of the slurs that they were using and, and some of the uh, <laughs> obscenities. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I noticed that like um, in, some, in the, some of the subreddits, there seemed to be a little bit of a divide between the fans that were really disappointed that they, you know, they, they opened a lot of doors and asked a lot of questions in the last season's finale about the nature of Beth and the relationship of her and Rick and who is the real Beth and all that kind of stuff. And people were disappointed that they did not answer any of those questions or evenly seemingly aware of their existence. Uh, I got some thoughts on that. Well, what do you think uh, with fans that are kind of antsy about not getting right back to space, Beth? So I, I don't remember exactly how that went down. I remember the outcome um, that's essentially nobody knows, including Rick, uh, who the real Beth is. And maybe that was their way of saying, well, if nobody knows, then we can't really do anything with that because what's, what's the point, right? I mean, I guess Beth would always still be questioning, but, she's not going to get any answers. It's going to remain unresolved. So why would they keep going back to that? And I don't know. I mean, it's a cartoon at the end of the day and cartoons have a tendency to do that sort of thing, right? Where it's like more of a, uh, an anthology kind of spirit to the thing. And I'm cool with that. Um, I don't need continuity in every single detail. I, am I kind of like the pace that more Rick and Morty does it at. Uh, where yeah. you get a few big episodes, maybe one or two, maybe three in a season uh, that kind of push the, the ball forward on the narrative. But other than that, I'm here for the comedy and the interesting ideas. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to understand that like Dan Harmon is a guy who viscerally hates the trend of like Netflix and some of these other studios where like, you know, what would traditionally be a pilot episode is the se- first season. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to tell a Wonder Woman story, She's going to be a regular ass human for the whole first season and discover her Themyscirian powers like at the climax of the finale. And then you'll think you're going to get Wonder Woman in season two, but now she's going to be super conflicted. And maybe she's going to bury her tiara for half the season because does she even have the rights and response? And like he's this is a return to like the older you know, kids gather around the the get your carpet squares. Old man Aaron's going to tell you how tele- television used to work. Television used to work that like is designed that like everything's just a bowl of vanilla ice cream with different flavored sprinkles on it. And maybe once or twice a season, you would get a prize inside the box, which was some continuity, some new villain that would be the arch nemesis. And every six episodes, you get a little bit of update on that. But like you didn't used to have like a cohesive narrative. In fact, you know, it was episodic. Like you wanted people to be able to tune in and miss the first three episodes and be up to speed within 30 seconds of watching a new one. I think that's a strength of Rick and Morty. But like it's always it's never it's it's always been like the X-Files, right? You got the Monster of the Week episodes that aren't really connected to anything. And Mm -hmm. then you'd have the Myth Arc episodes like Evil Morty, Space Beth. 
uh, all the stuff they do with the glam for more for fiends or whatever the, the galactic federation. And I, I think there's, you know, that, that's, it's, it's also the tension between Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland just wants to like say cock and balls and make funny uh, voices. Dan wants to say something profound about relationships between fathers and sons and grandfathers. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's examples of this, even this episode, like a lot of people are wondering Gee whiz, what's the impact of Rick's cybernetics being ripped from his body is going to be? Well, probably he's just going to put him back into his body and we're never going to see it. And he's going to whip out a cyber cannon the next episode and that's going to be it. But mm-hmm. like Space Beth, Space Beth, that's a brand new character. Like, I don't think they're going to forget about her. It's like Beth essentially has a new as a twin sister now and living yeah. a completely radically different life. And that's exciting. Uh, and, and really opens up the storytelling. So it's like, I think they'll get to it, but like, I don't think Dan or Justin, either one, think that mm. Space Beth or Evil Morty is the most important thing they have to get done and Rick and Morty. Yeah, there's a big pushback right now, I think, against a lot of that pacing stuff. Um, and and it's, it's a little different when they're doing those sort of anthology things uh, where, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's an X-Files style, it's, it's Star Trek The Next Generation style versus like taking a whole season telling a linear narrative where everything connects, but doing it very, very slowly. There's kind of being, there's starting to be a pushback against that kind of storytelling. Uh, like, mm-hmm. why can't we just get to the fucking point already? Yeah. It, th- these things go in cycles, right? I mean, if, if you look at television for the last eight years, something like that, all of television has moved toward this narrative driven. Everything connects. Uh, super cohesive style of storytelling where you never have an episode where you step out of the narrative. You just don't do it because audiences have no tolerance for that. And I think, you know, stuff like this show is, is a little bit of a change of pace for audiences who are now accustomed to that. And I think as we see more and more shows going that direction and that being the only thing on TV, we'll probably see the pushback to that, which is, you know, shows will start doing the the sort of anthology thing again where, you know, not yeah. every single episode or every second of every episode has to matter in the end. I agree. And I think it's a like, I think you it'd be nice to have a mix of both episodic stuff. that's yeah. just a little bit lighter fare and that, you know, you can get in a deep dive and universe building and what all that stuff. But it's like and then, you know, the stuff that's like really tightly scripted, you know, novel type television. Um it's it's too bad. It seems like we do want to swing back and forth between the two extremes rather than just have like a, right. a nice ecosystem populated with lots of different niches for people. But no, everybody's trying to cash in on the big thing right now. And that's just how it goes. And I think that's why the the wheels have finally fallen off, because like it turns out that not everybody can weave a tale that interesting where you can bury the super, the the Wonder Woman lead for a full season. Like you've got the Vince Gilligan's and the. You know, David Simons of the world, like crafting those things fine, but not everybody can do that. And, and as everyone's trying to chase that, the, the amount of talent that's able to juggle those kind of balls mm, are not true. available. So like you start going to people who are just not quite keeping all the plates spinning. But with your ice cream analogy, too, it's like not everybody wants to eat blueberry waffle cone bourbon cinnamon ice cream all the time. Damn right. Straight. Sometimes they want yeah. fucking vanilla. So yeah. give me my not fucking so vanilla. Complicated. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but other than all this meta conversation, I thought this was a really nicely balanced, uh, zany, funny episode. Lots of goofs on like uh, mm-hmm. modern science fiction. Like someone's been watching Netflix's Dark 
with that <laughs> okay. Adam time traveling, you are the traveler kind of nonsense. Even the name, I thought, uh, and that stuff. And then also the classic Rick and Morty, you know, you got the B plot masquerading or the A plot masquerading as a B plot, you mm-hmm. know, like ostensibly this is about Nimbus and the war between Earth and the sea. But like just but if just looking at my notes and the breakdown of the different plots, like, yeah, it's clearly the A plots, Jessica and, and Morty. Um, oh, yeah. And that's got the most, I guess, continuity. But it's that's the other thing. It's like uh, Rick and Morty's got the other ability to spin continuity that doesn't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Morty got the first base of Jessica. That should be like a super important thing. But now Jessica has become a time god and is no longer interested in corporal things like smooching with Morty. So back to return <laughs> yeah. to status quo. <laughs> Becoming a time god has got to have ramifications for Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I would think so. She's gonna, think she's so. not going to be, uh, it, I don't know, the same high school Jessica that we know. No, no. And like she's uh, like, I think there was this idea that like maybe Jessica was fascinated by Morty because he is the guy that's running around popping out of portals in high school. And, you know, things people tell whispered stories of his exploits and he's he's got some cachet, some mystery now. Um, mm-hmm. and like the Morty's kind of outgrown Jessica in many ways because of all the shit he's done and seen. Well, now she just instantly leapfrogs him again. <laughs> I gotta think they're gonna and use Morty. her as a way to talk about the purpose of life. Yeah, I mean that the time time without mm, a purpose a is meaningless. I mean that whole line just says like Jessica is gonna be the lens through which we examine our own existences, yeah. with or without purpose. I would love to see Jessica come in and say some sick existential shit every once in a while. Um, And maybe even like, uh, has she like, it'd be, it'd also be really funny if her like lifetimes of a combined experience and watching this world fall apart and rebuild itself. Like what if she is more powerful than Rick and like terms of like wisdom and comprehension, the time time flow now. Uh, Yeah. I I can't tell if, if we're headed towards her being a part of the Rick, crew or if she's going to be like a villain in the vein of like Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Um and Tammy's dead, mm-hmm. but maybe be also I could see like cuz this show's got what another 6 years to run. I could see some interesting reveals along the line of uh you know Jessica in a lab and the Intergalactic Federation lab working on cloning and bringing Tammy back and now they're Tammy bird person and uh uh, Jessica are now going to be a super evil group. I guess they'd have to rest because this bird person, I think's back with Rick at the end of last season. Um, oh yeah. I can't remember. It wasn't. Yeah. Rick's reborn got him strapped as like some Phoenix kind of, person or something. He was, and, yeah. and they had an epic fight and, uh, they was able to beat him, uh, with, uh, Jerry using an invisibility, b- uh, belt, a puppet, a dead, uh, dead, uh, God damn it. I already forgot her name. Tammy. Uh, yeah. Tammy, a dead Tammy, and and then the la- one of the last scenes for Rick is uh, him like working on a. It's kind of like a Chewbacca C three P C three P O C three P O scene where he's trying to fix Bird Person and turns Bird Person on. He tries to kill him, and yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, so that says that they're back together to you. <laughs> that says he's, no, no, uh, but, he's but, Rick's but, hostage. But, but if. No, no, no. But if Jessica wants bird person, she's got to get him from Rick. She can't. Ah, He's not in like a Galactic Federation storage depot or whatever. Gotcha. I suppose we should start discussing the episode. I I broke it down into constituent plots, which I call the Jessica Morty plot, the Nimbus plot, and then the Nimbus threesome plot. Uh, But before we get to that, I wanted to talk about the credit sequence because Rick and Morty's got this tradition of 
their credit sequence is all these little mini, uh, this mini montage of things that might happen this season. And they always are kind of like evenly disposed between things that actually are going to happen in, in future episodes and things that are just cutting room floor or things were deliberately just animated for this thing. Here are the new scenes, and I want you to talk about which one you think you most want to see come to life and which one you hope is just a uh, cutting room floor. Heads popping off the Smith family at the dinner table, turning into Cronenberg head spiders and crawling up the walls. Okay. All right. Summer bashing sentient mailboxes as they flee screaming from her as she wields a baseball bat from Rick's flying saucer. Next for consideration, the Smith family are all Voltron soldiers with matching uh, black, blue, green, red, yellow, orange. I can't remember all the Voltron lions uh, costumes and their house transforms into a series of tubes to suck them, presumably into their cats. Uh, Rick desperately tries to resuscitate a dying janitor noob noob from the Vindicator series. And finally, Morty sinks a tough putt in front of an audience on a really swanky, nice golf course. Uh, I know which one I'm rooting for the most. Uh, what about you? I mean, man, the, the, so I'm a big fan of the thing. I think it'd be cool if there were spider heads going on in this universe, but also they all pop off. I, I mean, what's I don't know is is like another version is our version of Rick and Morty standing over in the corner watching this happen and they have to like go rescue an alternate dimension uh family of theirs cuz that might be fun I don't know and more Cronen- more Cronenberg uh carpenter type shit is cool with me yeah, I like the Cronin Carpenter stuff, too. And maybe it's like, well, they got infected by some Cronenberg shit, but they still have sentient heads. Like, they're just going to have to, like, meet up in the sure. attic as horrifying spe- uh, head monsters. Put their heads together. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, metaphorically and, and get their way out of sure. it. But I, I want to see the Voltron thing. That seems just like right. like the whole Voltron Power Rangers, big O, like, lo- giant robot thing seems ripe for parody um and i'd like to see it there was a little bit of that i think there was like some kind of toy that morty had that was like a for a voltron type of like drone thing um that that rescued him from an adult relationship in one season but uh right. yeah 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 I would, I would like to see a return of that that's the one that i'm looking forward to and i, I guess the one that i'm most met about unless it involves a me seeks is uh morty sinking that putt that yeah. that seems totally rando i don't yeah i don't know what else you would do with that that would make it worthwhile um the the one that is probably the most controversial would be going back and visiting the vindicators again am i wrong in thinking a lot of people just really don't like the vindicators episodes at all i don't know i don't know if that's true um and the thing is is the vindicators are i think all dead except for maybe one of them (laughs) or two of them yeah that whole uh, rick funhouse thing that happened yeah but I got to say, if you've seen Invincible and the boys, you know that like it's real popular in the superhero deconstruction genre to just kill off a whole fucking team mm-hmm. and see what that does to society. So, like, I wonder if because this stuff like, you know, we're now seeing Netflix dark uh, stuff seeping into something like the boys and especially like Invincible. That stuff's got to be working its way through the writer's room mm-hmm. uh, just organically, because this is what people are watching and talking about. So. 
I could I could see them doing a a, a, a revindicators or something. I don't know. Um, honorable mention to the mailbox one. I, I just just for the sheer mayhem of living mailbox smashing. That that uh, seems pretty fucked up. Uh, all right, let's talk about Morty and Jessica. Uh, this this Netflix and chill situation. Um, did you find it somewhat surprising that Jessica pretty much leapt at the chance to get a the date with Morty? Yeah, I mean, I, I it's tough because I don't remember exactly what they did with that relationship in the last season. Um, if that had like matured to the point where, yeah, Jessica was obviously hot for for Morty, but it didn't seem like it in this episode. It seemed like it yeah. came out of nowhere, both for Morty and also the audience. I don't know. It's funny because they're I think they're telling the story. They're doing this thing where like linear time is passing. Like Morty talks about like I haven't been to a full day in school in years. I don't know shit. <laughs> I don't know shit. And yeah. for what? But I, <laughs> I'm not sure how to serious to take that because he's also not literally aging. Like mm-hmm. I want to say that maybe Jessica's matured a little bit, but I, I think they've they've played a little bit of like they've had some near misses, like like uh yeah, you know, Morty said our timing's never worked out. Uh, but that line about being nervous is a kind of selfishness. Sometimes I thought that was uh, interesting. Real word bon mot to, to, to take away from it. Hmm. Um, but it sets up the whole like there's this tension in this episode that just, you know, Morty feels like he's done quite enough for Rick because of all the things he lays out in this episode. And he just wants to have time to make it with Jessica. So he's going to be a little bit more reluctant to help out Rick throughout this episode than he normally would. Um, they introduced this Narnia type portal situation where time's passing faster and uh, and it's it's nice because as you m- mentioned, the second that that guy helps him, you know, Jim Gaffigan is the guy who voices uh, Hoovy, uh, when he helps him through with the case of wine, like I was mentally keeping track of how many seconds were there. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. So yeah. I don't think they pulled the wool over many people. But the whole thing with Rick and Morty is like, how gonzo can they make it? You right. see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. Is, are you going to recognize what's what's coming when you finally get it? Mm-hmm. Um. But uh, I, there's also a scene in this plot of interdimensional cable because Morty suggests watching that until he randomly turns it to the Nintendo 69 channel and uh, has a moment. Uh, <laughs> I, I want more interdimensional cable. The mind yeah. blowers is a poor substitute. It's been a couple years. Fucking release IDC, boys. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell? Unleash the Royland. Yeah, it doesn't feel the same when you get like one quick burst of a, a single channel in an episode and then you got to wait a week or something. I, and maybe that's yeah. what they're experimenting with. Maybe we're going to get, you know, that stuff kind of ladled out a little more slowly here. Um, that would be interesting. Like 10 total skits across 10 episodes and all together. It's almost. Yeah. I just don't yeah. think it would be as satisfying. Like when you sit down, you want to know kind of, okay, what mode do I need to be in here? Uh, when I'm is this an interdimensional cable episode or is this like something I need to take seriously? Yeah, I love them. I love how like loose the cast it gets and how obviously this is just like first first run and the, the voice booth stuff for a lot of this. I just yeah. I don't know. There's some of my favorite episodes and my one frustration with the previous two episodes seasons is there. Well, it's kind of like interdimensional cable, right? Mm-hmm. Or eh, we just couldn't fit. No, I we need interdimensional cable. Um. But uh, I don't know, like I said, meeting Hoofy and him being being voiced by Jim Gaffigan. I thought that was really funny. And it starting off as kind of a 
warm relationship or he's given a you know essentially advice life advice like oh you know it's it's not that you won't mess things up it's just that you'll find someone that loves you for the ways you mess things up and forgives you and then that sparks a, a never-ending multi-generational millennia-long blood feud for the goat people of narnia and yeah. uh and and uh morty uh there's uh, this also throughout this plot, like Rick is uh, the other tension is that Rick is starting to like play favorites between Morty and summer. Uh, Morty gives him guff about helping with, you know, on the count of Jessica and Rick's like, well, fuck you. You know, S- summer's my trustworthy battle hardened companion. She's already suited up to go in this deep sea mission to the Marinera, uh Mariana's trench. So uh, I thought, and the way that like Rick is continually like keeping track of the, crazy mission that summer's on on a cell phone while he's doing you know talking with the nimbus i thought that was pretty good mm-hmm. um but i don't know like the, the thing that's funny about this is the constant escalation um and i like that like it was kind of like both sides like morty doesn't understand why they hate him so much but mm-hmm. at some point like this unreasoned persecution has got to stop so he gets all like he says okay narnia let's fucking go gets all kitted up with rick gear destroys them and that but he leaves a piece. He leaves like the, you know, T-1000 circuitry right. and they Rick and Morty there. It's, it's just it's just really funny. Um, yeah, the stuff uh, earlier on in that sequence um, where they kind of like build a castle up around this the place where the portal appears uh, and the, the boy from the door appears. It, it, I I was seeing this through the lens of Game of Thrones with like the White Walkers and, and yes. winter coming back and the wall I'm like, okay, but that's probably not what they're doing with it. They're probably doing some Narnia shit that I don't know about. Uh, nah, I don't think I was so. very much think- like, and at some point it becomes a religion-ish for them, right? Yes. And I started to look at it through that, those terms. And then, you know, the, there's this rebellion where it's like, none of this is real. And, and they go in and they kill everybody who thinks it is, who's like formed this religion around Morty. And then he comes back. And, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, it's all real. And, and Morty <laughs> proceeds to kill all of them. It's. Yeah, it's it's like that religious idea examined through sort of the theist lens, right? Like, and, and yeah. that's what Narnia shit is. So what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, that's like so much of the Bible's about FOMO. Like, you know, look at these people. Yeah. Prophesied doom and nothing happened for seven years and they let their guard down and boom, Rome came and kicked their shit in. Yeah. Or the Babylonians came just on the night they were thinking, ah, we're we're safe and we're drinking and we don't have to worry about God no more. He comes and, and gets you. And I, I I think, yeah, that was a that was definitely a Game of Thrones thing that these guys on this wall eternally. Mm-hmm vigilant over the supernatural threat and like hey it's been a thousand years does anyone even think there's like ice spiders and whites anymore i mean come on yeah uh i love that they even got a little like aladdin like i i think that that like uh i think they called him the uh the lord of lies like this this vizier kind of like figure that's He's the advisor to the king where they got a glimpse of morty but like people aren't quite sure whether to kill him or not and mm-hmm. then, like, you see him 15 seconds later, he's aged and, like, you know, a little bit more evil and corrupts the kiss son of the king. I just loved all yeah. that shit. And uh, Brandon Johnson, who's the voice of Mr. Goldenfold, uh, okay. the, 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 the math yeah. teacher, also yeah. voiced the Lord of Lies, which I thought was nice. Nice. Um, Morty, of course, gets the first base in this episode, but it's not going to matter because uh, Jessica transcends time and space afterwards. 
Um, I really like the dark sequence where they had all these steampunk devices and arcane thing. There's like three goat people that psychically sacrifice themselves to be liquefied into the protective amniotic fluid that, that shields this time warrior from the ravages of earth time. I fucking love yeah. all this, this, this Rube Goldberg stuff. Um, and it's just, like I said, just like out of the Netflix dark series. Um, and how Je- that's what I said. I thought Jessica was going to be a part of the team when she corkscrews this guy and like takes him out with the, the wine opener. Mm. Um, but they have other plans. She gets sucked through the time gate uh, spins. I don't know. 30 seconds in there, which is the rise and fall of yet another civilization. Now they're fully living in Tron universe. All the goat people have become uh, artificial constructs. Uh, and this is like it reminds me of there's a story. Um, God, I can't even remember it. Um, but it's a story of this building this computer to answer the question of like what, why, what is the purpose of life? And it tells it like th- thinks for like 3000 years and then finally comes up with an answer that like, I can't answer this question, but what I can do is I can build the machine that can. Mm. And like, it's just like this multi thousand year of the society rising and falling around this computer tirelessly working to, uh, it, it reminded me of that, like at the end, like the people are like, do we even care about what the answer this thing has? Like this, this cybernetic goats, like, why did we ever go to war with Morty? What is this Jessica all about? And but Morty is still a horny teenager and is going to kick yeah. his cyber balls to get in what he wants. I, I just I'm a sucker for that shit. Uh, it was great. Um, I, I did have then, one okay. question. There, there's a, yeah. a moment where like Morty is toward the end. Morty's like hanging out of the door and he's got a tentacle wrapped like a cyber tentacle wrapped around him mm-hmm. and he's calling for Rick and Rick comes in and, and helps out the other side of that the other side of the door what a hundred years are passing during that one minute sequence and oh you have to imagine like this battle that's raging right there's this portal and the tentacles going through and they're like maintaining vigilance around the tentacle with yeah. a, probably like a, a DMZ type of thing where if, uh-huh. if shit ever pops off here, be ready for it. We know something's going on. It, it, just like the disparity between what's happening on one side versus the other in that moment was hilarious to me. Yeah, I was also wondering, like, there's some wonders of like, is this going to be some kind of like more you have comically withered legs? Uh, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Or because that's the other thing I, you know, when when Jessica got sucked through, my first thought was, oh, she's going to be madly in love with 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 Morty because she's the love he's the love of his life as she's been imprisoned and but she's going to be some old hag yeah that's wasted away in a cyber dungeon or something but mm-hmm. they did something I think even better yeah which is throw her in a, a stasis crystal and have her conscious but experiencing all this this vast ocean of time mm-hmm. um yeah I I thought uh, so. The other thing that's interesting um, when they defeat the one like kind of like uh, Netflix's dark time traveler, he gets sucked through some kind of like multi nexus and he gets thrown bet- in, for- in front of this cosmic bird. Um, the writer of the episodes made it seem like, oh, this is just some kind of random thing we came up with. Uh, this guy is a dead ringer from the for the cosmic owl from Adventure Time. And I know the Royland is really friendly with that crew because he voiced uh, the Earl of Lemongrab mm-hmm. uh, on the show. Um, he's like, you know, they, they got pretty tight relationships with the um, uh, what is it? The Gravity Falls people, too. 
Yeah. I'm like, I that's a that's just a cosmic owl reference or maybe like a Gene Roddenberry, great bird of the galaxy kind of reference, cosmic egg reference. But mm. I, I don't know. I don't know, Jeff or uh, yeah, Loveless. I don't, I don't know if you just came out of that out of, out of nothing. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was going to be interesting to see like Morty meeting like some kind of matrix construct uh, outside of time version of himself wearing Luke Skywalker farm boy clothes. But like that was just yet another hologram illusion trick uh, from the, the cyber goat people. Mm-hmm. Um, so none of that stuff like I was really want to tear into all those references, but none of that shit ultimately matters. Um and then I, the other thing that I thought was an interesting reference was when Jessica was giving her speech about being, you know, having nothing but time. I thought they were doing a Max Richter leftover score to kind of like show her detached nature hmm. from. I thought that was that was pretty because of man getting the leftovers mixed up in Rick and Morty would be <laughs> <laughs> super fucking interesting. Yeah, maybe too depressing. I don't know. Um, but we end the plot with with Morty, quote unquote, saving Jessica. But she's now evolved. Um, she gives this big, long speech about how she's glimpsed the mind of eternity, perhaps God. There was nothing but silence. Uh, and she says that there was, at the end of all this, I think we should be friends at the end of this ocean of time contemplation. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does tease that there will be more mom- moments with her and, and Morty to come. So I think so. That's interesting. Uh, and she claims she's a time god, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, I don't know what to make of the Rick and Nimbus thing. It seems like this is that's that's one of the things that I'm finding myself a little antsy. The idea that you know clearly they don't want people to worship Rick, uh, and you didn't know that Rick is a bad guy, and they keep finding new ways to show kind of like a, what a tortured person he is, and new reasons for Morty to hate his guts. Um, but like it's one of those things where it's like the slowest of burns. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're really starting to go over well tread territory. And I guess the funniest thing you can do with that is make a really flamboyant, you know, nemesis for Rick to kind of show where Rick might have used to be and where he's going to. Um, mm-hmm. Did you think how, how successful did you think Nimbus was in like keeping us on the Rick development, personal development treadmill? I mean, I I don't know that. I caught any of that to me. Nimbus was the, the comedy part of this episode um, mm. and nothing more, but okay. If you say there's something else there, sure. Why not? Well, just the, the fact he that mentions uh, these Rick's guys wife or whatever, but like, right. Well, there's, and uh, there was a couple they shut of that shit down perhaps, hard. There's a couple of, and that's the thing, like there, there's a couple of mentions here, Kyle, which might've been a pre Morty and people, uh, might've been his Morty before he had Morty. And people are wondering oh, if yeah. that is perhaps the origin of evil Morty. Um, I don't think so. Cause he wouldn't be called Kyle. He'd be right. called Morty. Come on. Morty's are always uh, called Morty. Exactly. And there's also this, uh, talk about, I think it's Rick's wife, Diane. I don't know if we've gotten her name before. Right. Um, that's what I took it for. So there is a little bit of that now, whether this is canon, because we know Rick has also lied about his past to various people to give him the wrong idea about stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the the other kind of treadmill is like what is actually canon versus what is a hologram versus what is Rick lying to people who know he doesn't think deserve the truth. I, I don't know. Um, but I think that's where that, that I was getting. And th- this whole long speech about Nimbus, like, you know, I don't even recognize you anymore. It used to be 
this thing I feared and respected. And now you're just this pathetic drunk old parody. That's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. this has been said by over a dozen characters all the way from Dr. Wong to Mr. Nimbus. Um, and it doesn't become less true. And even there's a little bit of like, you know, Rick showing genuine remorse when he thinks he's going to die on this time crystal planet. I'm sorry. I got you in this Morty. I'm just, uh, what was the exact quote he had? I'm just a silly old man. I'm sorry. I got you into this, but you know, I, I, I don't know. They're got, we got six more seasons and they can't yeah. have Rick be a good person for at least five more. So <laughs> I, I, I hope they find a way to keep making this funny or poignant because I think Dan's about to burn through his therapy lessons uh, mm-hmm. and there's just going to be repeating themselves, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other random stuff like, uh, for example, and here's the kind of continuity continuity. I'm not sure about. Rick claims that every member of the Smith household has all of their teeth filled with cyanide capsules. <laughs> yeah, that seems just dangerous. Uh, it does. It's funny. Jack and I were just talking about this last week about like Cold War. You know, this is you're supposed to have the glass teeth and they have an ampule mm-hmm. of cyanide in them. Like, what if you just bite on like a cherry that didn't wasn't depitted or, mm-hmm. you know, you get a sesame <laughs> yeah. stuck in the wrong crevice. Like, oh, fuck, I just suicided. Um but but Morty loses a tooth. Yeah, yeah people are going that. crazy about. But I'm like, well, that's just one of lo- many cyanide capsules, right? It's true. In true. His mouth. And like he he also lost this on the ground of a feudal society and they moved all the way into a post human mm-hmm. cyber society. I, I can't imagine. I think the tooth just popped out just to show that Morty was getting his ass kicked and, and he was tired of losing chiclets to these people. I don't know. I mean, it is weird that they did a close up on it, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't possibly see where that would go at this point. Because it's like, it seems like a dead end. That's like mm-hmm. this portal universe, like uh, a week later, we'll have experienced the heat death of the universe. Like what the hell could possibly, I don't know. It'll be right. interesting to see. Um, I also like the fact that uh, Nimbus refers to Rick as Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that just because he's, he's a fancy a guy or is that because that's his yeah. full name and they have a deeper relationship that goes way back and I don't know I guess this this might be um, a Namor the Submariner like the, this is a Marvel character joke because I guess he's very excessively formal with uh, Reed Richards Gotcha. And refers to him as Richards all the time. So this might be kind of like a deep Marvel cut joke of him just referring to Rick as Richard. Hmm. Um, I like that. I also like the idea that maybe Rick was when he was more when he was going through his hero phase that Rick talked about with Space Beth last year, uh, that maybe he went by something a little bit more formal. Like, I'm not Rick. I'm not Ricky. I'm Richard. You know, it's a little bit more noble. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh but um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. There's also I really like to dig about these Aquaman. Like there's some things that like, OK, yeah, you can swim real fast. You can talk to fish. You're super strong because you live at pressures that are crushing and it does something to your cell density and its adaptation. But like, why the fuck does Aquaman fly? You know, why does the yeah. king of the sea have powers of flight? Like, I, I, I like that, like this guy, uh, just think of it as air swimming. Power. Air swimming. OK, yeah. I mean, yeah, air is just a flu. That's probably there's probably right. some kind of bullshit science quote about, you know, Aquaman saying, well, if you, you know, air is just a fluid, not a master of all. Fluid. 
But uh, it's tough to imagine, this, though, if your cells are denser because you live at pressure, that you would be able true. to naturally fl- f- swim through the air. That doesn't make a lot of right, sense. Right. So, so Aquaman weighs as much as a blue whale, but he can also swim through air. Okay, right. that makes sense. But this Nimbus guy being able to control police just as like yeah, with this crowd, the bonus power. Apparently, I, yeah. I fucking love it. The way he's always just van- this guy has drawn a lot like um, uh, Jeff Davis, one of the kind of. Hmm. Um, he was the comptroller, the the perpetual guest host on Harmontown. Yeah. And I kind of thought I was when I saw the trailer for it, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be cool. We're going to get a Jeff B. Davis uh, sighting. But it's all it's, it's Dan Harmon's the voice of Nimbus. Hmm. So I don't know if it's a private joke that they kind of like really vamped him up to give him a, a bit of a of Jeff like sex appeal or or what. But I, I like that a lot, too, as a Harmontown fan. Um. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, like I said, that we had this another false moment of progress where it looked like, uh, you know, Rick had learned a lesson about the way you treat people and it all got thwarted by Summer coming in at the last minute with. And this is another great. Rip. I'd completely forgotten about her mission for the horn, mm-hmm. even though they'd kept me up to date throughout the episode. So when she walks in at the end of the episode and causes chaos, it just really I'm like, well done, boys. Yeah, uh, you think Rick being arrested at the end of this is going to factory the next episode at all or they I, I mean, the if, reset he can, if he can extricate himself from the galactic federation i think yeah you know i, I watch rambo bust out of a cop facility with mm-hmm. just his his two meat hooks you know I, I think rick although he doesn't have his augmentics right all that's been pulled out of him uh but he yeah. does have, still have his brain his intelligence uh and the cops didn't sure. really want to arrest him they were forced to arrest him i don't I don't know exactly what, on what grounds are they going to hold him right they take him back to the yeah, captain charge, and the captain's yeah. like why the fuck did you arrest this guy yeah yeah I don't know if it's like is it a mental or is it just like this is just his power like I don't I, I wonder like you know when 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 Aquaman summons great whites to like bite people in half or whatever do the great mm-hmm. whites think about like gee why am I doing this or they just do it without thinking about it I, I think that the cops are just I don't know I, I bet yeah. some are, are Morty bust them out. No problem. I bet they don't even Quick adventure. It. I bet next episode he's just back. It's a good, good bet. Although it would be hilarious to have a pre-credit sequence of an elaborate Rick, you know, Goldberg mechanism to break himself out of the jail. Or maybe he's like, <laughs> uh-huh. he explains that he's rigged every prison in, in the world with like a, like a, a fake bar in every cell that mm-hmm. he's got his technology in it. Or like, I, I think that would be funny too, but probably yeah. they just don't address it. Probably. Uh, turns out Nimbus stone cold dick killer, just mm-hmm. like Rick said all the time. Uh, okay. C plot. Jerry and Beth's marriage. Yeah. And they're being sex positive. Mm-hmm. I really like this because like, there's this idea that like, uh, well, so the therapist told us to be a little bit more sex positive. And we're trying watching pornography together to a full blown threesome. And like, Oh, Dr. Wong's never been wrong. This is surely what she meant by, us being a little bit open to trying new things. I thought that was really funny. Just like the hilarious, willful misinterpretation of your therapist advice. Um, You know, just the the mechanics of it, the waiver that included uh, indemnification against death by orgasm, Mm -hmm. Uh, their false. Like, so what's your read on this? Did they actually have false cold feet or is this them both? They really want to fuck Nimbus. And they're trying to, you know, make sure that each one is on board with it. I'm not. Do you, do you got to read on this? It's tough to tell because, like, Jerry's so scared of everything. It's like. Yeah. And that, that post credit sequence where he has, like, my, I have to imagine he's got, like, 58 safe words, right? And. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like double safe words. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, from, from Jerry, I could definitely see this being genuine uh, trepidation from Beth. I could see it being more of like, just feeling out the situation here, but I don't know. The thing is, is what I know from the writer's room is like someone on the writer's room or knows someone has had the experience of getting the nod from Uh, some famously horny person. And this has got to be like a real life story where the assistant comes out like, hey, you got the nod. Are you interested in here's a couple of forms that says this is like Mm -hmm. that's 100 percent happening in Hollywood. Like that's like it's we've all moved from the casting couch to the nod. Right. So and now rock stars like, oh, you've been invited to the, the backstage, right? Like, yeah, you got in VIP. I mean, pat- yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the consent forms are a nice touch. So in 15 years, when people are right. like, hey, this person took advantage of me. Hey, you consented to us taking advantage of you. So, you know, it's, it's all in triple. What, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Um, but yeah, I think that like when he opens the door, it's like you guys aren't getting cold feet and they're both like rapidly. No, no, no. We want to do this. Mm. There's also the implication that Rick has fucked Nimbus. Uh-huh. Because Rick's yeah, they're like, don't tell Rick he won't understand. He goes, Oh, yes, yes, he would. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, Jerry, you've watched Rick fuck a whole planet. You've said so as much. Come on. I was gonna say I Rick's don't not gonna know that there's a lot of relationships that Rick's been in that he hasn't fucked the the other end of it. Uh Yep. Uh, yep. Hello. All he does, as he says, all he does is eat ass and sixty nine Nintendos twenty four seven, man. He's uh sure he's flexible. Uh, the final thing I want to point out a little fun about this episode is they make a uh, like because uh, this. Yeah, they, they had the classic situation of a misunderstanding between multiple parties and a furious meeting in the kitchen where they're having these whispered conversations. And, and Rick calls it out as this uh, uh, kitchen whisper Frasier bullshit, which is funny because Spencer Grammer, of course, Kelsey Grammer's daughter. So oh, I think this yeah, is the yeah. third Frasier reference they've made to the show so mm-hmm. at trying to average a one a half a one per season I guess well here's where I'd kick off the feedback section except for since this is the first episode and we didn't really get a primer out telling everybody that we we're coming back with Rick and Morty I mean well you're not paying attention to the forums on Twitter uh, we don't have any feedback for this episode but if you are excited about Rick and Morty and you want to talk about the continuity your disappointment in this episode how elated you are it's it's back uh, the scandal that Rick and Morty have partnered with Wendy's over McDonald's for a promotion. Uh, they're going to try to drag two franchises through the mud. Send all that in to Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. It's real simple. Rick and Morty at baldmove.com. And uh, we will consider it for next week's podcast. So there you go. I'm happy Rick and Morty's back. Always makes me laugh. Uh, I can't wait to see what kind of crazy insanity we got to look forward to this year. And until next week, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com slash baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.